I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never right, settle. Nation. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Before the Hedges. Um, brought to you by Kroger. Um, I'm Jeff Sintel. I'm your host. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Um, we are currently right now um, efforting what we need to do. And this is this is live stuff, folks, because sometimes people tune in and they're like, is Jeff live? Is Jeff not live? Well, let me tell you exactly what's happening right now. Right now, we are resending the email to Joseph Jonah Ajanye to make sure he's able to join us live via Zoom um, tonight. Um, just got a text. This is the way this stuff, this, these things happen. Just got a text. He wanted us to resend the email. And that's how we are going about our show tonight. We have uh, an All-American Joseph Jonah Ajanye, recent commitment to the University of Georgia. Let me see if I've got this correct. I believe his commitment date was July the 6th. And um, we always, like we always do on Dog Nation, we try to bring you guys the latest commitments um, on Before the Hedges because they're literally in that phase of their career where they're before the hedges. I can't wait for you guys to get to personally meet or at least hang out tonight on Before the Hedges with Joseph, Jonah, Johnny. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to play some JJA trivia to start the game. I mean, to start uh, our, our interview once we get in. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about on our show tonight, as you know. We'll get into the Big Five. Uh, here's a teaser. The Big Five will begin with uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in Georgia recruiting. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. Um, two or three really big things are happening right now. One, Alabama just got better today. Alabama just got better about an hour ago. They got the commitment from Texas uh, interior offensive line prospect Casey Poe. Casey Poe is the nation's number four interior offensive lineman. I think he's probably the most college-ready interior offensive lineman, to say the least, maybe even overall offensive line prospect. He is only the number 103, 104 overall prospect in the country. But that was a big get for Casey Poe. Casey Poe actually gave Georgia an official visit, and I know the dogs would have loved to have him in the class. That's how talented talented he is. so that's coming up. The other thing, you know, everybody wants to know about visits currently in a dead period. The last weekend of July, we will open up the Georgia will open it up Athens for uh, hosting for one week. Uh, that will be the last big visit uh, period visit weekend before the football season and fall camp gets underway underway. Can you guys believe we're already here at the point we're talking about next month, couple weeks, uh, fall camp will begin SEC media days. Our next week, Georgia's going to have Cedric Von Prong Granger, Brock Bowers, and Kamari Lassiter representing them. Awesome trio of great young men there, uh, great ambassadors for the University of Georgia. Um, so we got a lot of stuff going on here with Georgia football recruiting. It is always uh, amazing to uh, be able to uh, talk about um, before the hedge is brought to you by Kroger. And, you know, one of the other things we, we've, we've learned is that, you know, Looking at everything, Georgia currently has 26 commitments in the class, 26 public commitments. I think there might be a one or two decommitments in the class. Uh, at the minimum, you're going to see Georgia add maybe five or six or seven more recruits to this class. And I think the number everybody's you know, projecting and precincts are, reje- are uh, 
our precincts are uh, kind of weighing in. I think Georgia, the number is probably going to be about 30, 31 total signees for this class. That's going to be a big class. Uh, Georgia also had 30 in the 2022 cycle. They had 26 uh, last year. So kind of those, those are those quick five takes about things that are going on right now uh, with everybody. One thing we're going to do is we're going to talk to Joseph Jonah Ajanye in a couple of moments. We're going to bring him into the show. Uh, we're going to get to our big five and also what we're going to have on our program, the normal things, normal table stakes. I will tell you this, that um, everybody knows the top targets each and every week. Everybody knows the uh, um, everybody knows the off the radar guys where I kind of look at the names that are kind of potential, you know, major targets, potential ad ad additions to the Georgia class. And folks, I'm gonna tell you that thing. Those lists went on a keto diet, no bread, no sugar, um, nothing that uh, is gonna um, bad stuff in the body. That, that those two lists did a lot of planks, did a lot of standing planks. So that list has been basically uh, chopped down considerably. I think we're talking about maybe 12 names left potentially to add to the Georgia class. Uh, amazing to see Georgia already there at this point. I um, want to make sure my manners are on point here. I want to make sure that um, everybody uh, give a good welcome to everybody on Facebook, everybody on Twitter, everybody on YouTube as well. Uh, thanks for joining us on our program tonight. Again, if you're just joining us, we're going to have a live show coming up with uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye um, in the uh, 2024 class. He's the number six overall prospect uh, for uh, this class, uh, number six overall defensive line prospect for this class. And uh, he is uh, number 37 overall. He's an Under Armour All-American. Got a lot of cool stuff to get in into there as we kind of um, – kind of get things started off tonight with dognation.com and before the hedges. Um, things to think about right now is, is we're, as we're kind of looking forward. How's everybody doing tonight? What do you guys think uh, are, are the biggest things you want to find out at SC, SEC Media Days? I uh, hope you guys got a chance to read our latest um, uh, our, on our latest uh, Georgia um, – next generation Georgia football next generation story um, on Tyler Williams. Did you guys get a chance to see that? Um, one of the things we uh, are going to try to do uh, with Joseph, Jonah, Johnny, folks, again, this is live, trying to make sure we get Joseph uh, in our program. We probably are going to try to make sure we're not sure what's up with Zoom tonight. Um, we're going to try and bring Joseph in on the phone if that's possible to make sure he connects. Um, Uh, hold on one minute, guys. There you go. Um, I'll tell you what, while we're waiting on this, we're going to put a show together. Uh, we'll get the show off the ground. We're going to uh, – I'm going to take a look at the Dog Nation Facebook page. Anybody got a question? What did everybody think about Casey Poe to Alabama? I kind of felt that – um, after a couple of visits and um, once the Alabama visit came into place, I kind of thought that that might be where Casey Poe was going to go. I did think that a wild card like Texas Tech uh, was possible because those guys um, were part of this um, 
Jay Hart, hey man, thank you for catching uh, you live to start a show tonight. Hope you guys, hope you uh, gonna enjoy the program. Hey Jay Hart, I'm catching you on the Dog Nation homepage. If you got a question, uh, my man, feel free to drop it, and we'll do our best to chat about it. Um, couple of things we saw tonight <clears throat> is we saw um, some big news. I think it's gonna be one of the things we're gonna discuss in our Big Four, uh, our Big Five. Uh, we start off our every, every show with, but. One of the things that we saw today were some very uh, impressive uh, top eights that were dropped uh, this today. We saw a, a top eight drop by Julian Juju Lewis. That was the, uh, I'm going to say it, guys, I think he's going to be the number one overall prospect wire to wire in the 2026 class. I think Jakeem Stewart, maybe Tyler Atkinson, maybe another defensive lineman or edge player there will be up there in the top five. But I think Julian Juju Lewis uh, will be the at least the opening bell when the 2026 guys come out. He'll be the number one overall prospect for the 2026 class. Hard to have a better uh, season at all of Georgia high school football than Juju did last year. Uh, much less, um, much less the um, everything else we had right there um, than what Julian had, and much less a freshman year. Um, Hold on one second. Um, again, try to put together, try to bring uh, Joseph, uh, Jonah, Johnny online. What are we doing? Swapping some text, sending some text back and forth. Um, but we've got a uh, thumbs up from uh, Miss Mansell behind the glass. That normally means great things. Uh, I think that means we have a Georgia football commitment online. Uh, Joseph, what's up, my man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, what's what's going on today? I know you do something every day to get better. Uh, what'd you do today to get better uh, on the football field today? Um, I just went for workouts. You know, did my thing. Came home, took a nap. I'm just chilling. <laughs> One of the things we're going to do, guys, this is Joseph Jonah Johnier, the uh, 2024 Georgia defensive line commitment. We just flashed a graphic, and we're going to try and see if we can make Joseph's phone go crazy right now. Uh, he's going to spend some time with us tonight on Before the Hedges where we talk with all the uh, recent commitments and major targets. Uh, so we had a graphic up. I want you to flash that graphic again. And these are the social media handles for Joseph Jonah Johnier. You see him on uh, Facebook. Excuse me, you see him on Twitter there, you see him at Nigerian Nightmare there on uh, Instagram as well. Catch him on the ground. Hey, do do the man a solid. Do the young man a solid. I think he's only going to make like 22 sacks and about 200 tackles for Georgia um, in his career. So uh, uh, so uh, make sure you just give that young man a follow. He's going to be a fun follow. And really, I got to say this, one of the most interesting, most um, down low, blunt, genuine recruits, a guy like me and my business will ever – will ever do. Um, Joseph, we're going to play some Joseph Jonah Ajanye trivia to start out this. And what we're going to do, I don't know if you've heard of that game called like fact or fiction. I'm going to throw out four statements about uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. And I want the listeners, I want the viewers, everybody watching to chime in. And I want to, I want them to tell me what they think is the actual factual statement and which is the fiction statement. I think the young kids call it fact or crap. But, like, there's three facts in here, and there's one non-truth. And uh, I think it would be a pretty good way to uh, get in touch with Joseph. Joseph, after I call them all out, I want you to give everybody the correct answer. Um, so here we go. 
we got four things to know about Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Four of these uh, to know. Three of them are accurate. One of them are, is inaccurate. Uh, this young man is six foot four and a half, 275 pounds, and he's only 16 years old. That's one. Number two is he has a pet Burmese python named Justin. Uh, number three, he has an 84-inch wingspan. And the final one, uh, which one is factual, which one is nonfiction, um, which one is fiction or nonfiction, uh, Joseph has put on about 40 pounds of good, good solid weight and muscle since his junior season. Uh, I'm going to give a moment for everybody to log their guesses, everybody that's watching right now on YouTube, everybody that's uh, a part of everything on uh, Facebook, the Dog Nation homepage. Uh, get your answers in there. Rally your answers in there as well. Uh, Joseph, uh, what do you think the people need to know? Which one of those four is inaccurate? Which one of those is uh, fiction when it comes to all things Joseph, Jonah, Ajanye? Oh, definitely the second one because I hate snakes. So, yeah. <laughs> you like the name I gave, uh, I gave your pet Burmese python man? Did you like that? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go over it. He has an 84-inch wingspan. Uh, he is just 16 years old. I believe he skipped. Se- did you skip like second or third grade, uh, Joseph? What grade did you skip when you when you were um, coming up as a young buck? Second. Second grade, and then he put on like 40 pounds. I think you spent most of your junior season right around 230, 235. By the time playoffs rolled around, <clears throat> is that right? And I got to know what did you do to to put on that weight. Now, I talked to some guys that are at Georgia. They put on 30 pounds and do it by eating like nine peanut butter and jellies a day. What did you do to put on that good weight there? Um, mostly what I did, I just hopped on a high-protein, high-carb diet, and I took um, some protein shakes that I made. And those protein shakes had around 2,000 calories in it, almost 200 grams of protein. So mix that with my diet and a strict workout plan and boom, 40 pounds of muscle in a couple of months. Wow. <clears throat> Joseph and I have talked a bunch over the last couple of months. And one of the things I've, I've come to learn about him is if he has a superpower, if he has some secret sauce, I believe it's the power of sleep. Tell me a little bit about uh, Joseph, how much you like to sleep and how much it keeps you, keeps you where you need to be. Oh yeah. I love to sleep. I need at least, 10 hours a day to be able to function at 100%. Um, anything less, and it's not going to be a good day. Because um, I had workouts a couple days ago, but I went to bed around 2 in the morning, and I only got 5 hours of sleep, and I wasn't at 100%. I was at like 60. It was bad. Is that sort of like yeah. your bench press is 325 or 350 with 10 hours of sleep, but then it's only like 310 or 320 when you've gotten five hours of sleep? Is that is that kind of how it goes, like Samson and his hair maybe? No, my bench press is like 380, 390 with 10 hours, but with five hours it's probably going to be at least like 350, wow. 330. Wow. Yeah. So that, they better make sure when you're a dog, man, they better make sure you get your 10 hours before you play Alabama and Texas and all those other teams, other teams like that. Um, yeah. Joseph, I got, I got a few questions. I, I love talking to you, man. I think you're, you're one of those recruits I talk to, and it sounds like somebody gave you some a sodium pentothal or some true, true serum 
because you just come out, you just come out with it, man. Um, I got to learn this story. I believe you, when you were starting to learn how to play football and get oriented with the football, you, you kind of went behind mom's back to sneak off and play football. Is that right? And what was that actually like? And how long did you keep that a secret from mom? Yeah, that is correct. Um, I kept it a secret for a little while, almost two years. You know, I would tell her that I'm staying after school to do academic stuff, you know. But, you know, I was playing football, and I was enjoying myself. I was getting better. I had to do what I had to do to achieve my dreams, you know. Mm. Joseph, I love this question. Um, one of the things I you said that about Georgia and the many reasons why you know, Georgia was a dream school, guys, but it wasn't so much of the winning or the development, although those were great. But initially, you told me Georgia was a dream school because academically it was a really hard school to get into. Um, yeah. Eventually, you told me that what Georgia has and what they offered you, the whole package, you, did, you said, I need it. I need to be there. Can you explain what you meant by that? Like, there were a lot of great places for you to go play college football, but why did you have to be a dog? Why did you have to take advantage of what Georgia had to, had to offer? I had to because it's just so much. And, like, outside of football, their academics is great. You know, they're top ten public school in the nation, which is crazy. And then in football, just the tools that they have, Mixed with my potential, I could be one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the game. And it's just like this feeling that I have in my gut, my my competitiveness just comes out every time I'm at Georgia, you know, or I think about Georgia, you know, so that's why I need to be there. Mm. Joseph, how many times in your upbringing did coaches notice your your size and your your ball get off and your motor and then – they were like, you're how old? Like, guys, this guy's 16 years old. I believe you'll be 17, like, right around Thanksgiving. Like, where do you think that comes from? Do you have a lot of – I know your father, one thing we got to tell everybody is that your father was a professional basketball player in Nigeria. Like, are all the, are all the men in your family, I guess, I guess really supersized already at a young age? Like, when you talk to your – your your doctors and your physicians, did they say you're done growing with your growth plate? Like, how big do you think you're going to be? I'm definitely not done growing. I'm pretty sure I've grown a little bit this summer. Uh, I, I feel a lot taller, you know, um, almost at the top of my door. I think by the time I'm done growing, I'm going to end up being around 6'6", six, six, wow. maybe 6'6 six, six, six and a half, 6'7". Around that range. And, yeah, almost every guy in my family, they're pretty big. I think the average, the average height is, like, 6'2". I think the shortest guy on my dad's side is, what, 5'11", or 5'10". That's the shortest. Mm. <clears throat> Joseph, one of the things I always do is I like to get, after guys commit, I got to get uh, your take on a couple of guys inside the building at Georgia. And it's probably not – who you think? I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you about Uzo Daribe, even though you guys have the same kind of background, uh, heritage, uh, ancestry. I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about Coop. You got a good Coop story? Mm-hmm. Like, t- like, can you explain why Coop is so effective at what he does for the University of Georgia? Like, what's the what's his superpower? What's his secret sauce? How does he get things done? 
Coop, he just knows how to make everyone and anyone comfortable around a large group of people. That's that's what he does best, and it's actually impressive because if you meet me in person, like if we meet in person for the first time, I'm very uptight, you know, and I always keep my guard up. But Coop, the first time I met him, he was able to knock my guard down. I was just like being myself around him. It made me feel comfortable around the whole staff on my first visit, even though that was my first time meeting all of them. What did he do to – what did he do to, as the icebreaker? What did he do to get you to come out of your shell? Dude, I don't even know. <laughs> he just started off a conversation. I don't remember the conversation. He just brought up a conversation, and then we hit it from there. Mm. <clears throat> so, Joseph, the, you, you know, we're going to eventually ask you about your teammate. I know that's what everybody on the feeds are asking about. Um, they're, yeah. they're very curious about Justin. And I, I, I kind of threw that Burmese Python thing in there as a – as a glimmer that we'll get to the Justin questions, but I might ask you this one right here might be the toughest question I ask you tonight. I know you're ready for it. Uh, it's not quite like a double a gap blitz, but it's a pretty tough one. Which member of the Georgia staff has made you laugh more? Is it coach Coop or is it Logan Reed? Like which one of those two you think has the better personality? I mean, that's kind of like trying to say, you know, who's the better all-time linebacker, Lawrence Taylor or Ray Lewis. But what do you think? Which one of those two makes you smile more? I'm going to have to go with Logan because she's just goofy, you know. She just does things I wouldn't expect, you know, and it's just funny. Yeah, it's Logan. It's Logan, huh? She's hilarious too, huh? Yeah, yeah she's funny. <laughs> so, you, so, like, you're in the facility or you're taking a photo shoot and Coop's usually on the mic or they got a DJ going. And, like – if you've got Logan on one side and you got Coop on the other side and they're they're turned up, like how much fun are you having right now in a photo shoot with both those guys around, with both those Bulldog staffers around you? Bro, you see a huge smile on my face and I'm just laughing, enjoying myself. Like, it's crazy. They they just made the visit more enjoyable just by them being themselves, you know. Uh, lots of people joining in on Facebook and also the Dog Nation homepage. You guys got a question? Feel free to drop them, and we will. I'll play point guard, and I'll get you. I'll get your question to Joseph. Uh, one of the ones I've seen already. Um, somebody asked. Somebody kind of. Somebody kind of sent me a question in advance of the show. Is they want to know how much Georgia football you know yet? Like, do you have? This is a two-parter. Do you have an all-time favorite Georgia Bulldog yet? The guy that you've been watching, a guy whose game you really appreciated. That's the first one. And two, which team do you, you can't wait to play and beat as a dog? Is there a team out there that you can't wait to compete against? All right, so for the first question, this, this is going to be weird, but I am a huge Lad McConkey fan. Like, I'm definitely one of his biggest fans. Um, him and um, Sam and Beppa. And Pemba, huh? Like, even yeah. though Sam hasn't played a single down, I just love his high school film. But Lad, he, he's crazy. Like, He's just super talented. If he doesn't go first round when he gets drafted, I'm going to be so mad. And then um, a team I'm excited to play, I definitely want to play Florida and Tennessee. Florida because their um, quarterback, DJ Lagway, we play in the same district. So I play, he's the last game of the season, so that's why I want to play him. And Tennessee, just because 
Um, I watched that game on TV, and it just looked really fun to play in. And then just the competitiveness. And Tennessee, they just like, they bring up really good alignment, so that's going to be good competition to go against to make myself better. Mm. Yeah. You're already going to music to the ears of Dog Nation, man. They uh, uh, they love any Bulldog that wants to beat Florida and hates Florida. Like on our, on our message board, probably the Dog Nation message board on our message boards on our website, one of the most popular over the years threads is called the Florida Hate Zone where people just drop the funniest things about Florida or how much they enjoyed watching Georgia beat Florida this time or that time. Uh, I mean, they definitely, they definitely do love uh, to see Georgia beat Florida. Tell me a little bit about a couple of guys. You, we, let's talk some football here a little bit. What kind of, what kind of athlete is DJ Lagway? Have you played against him? What, what does he bring to the table? The Florida quarterback commitment. DJ, Whew. oh DJ, he, he's a big kid. Obviously, I'm bigger, but he's big for a quarterback. And then quick release, and when he wants to run that read option. Um, I didn't get to play him last year because, you know, he hurt his ankle. So I played the backup team. But I wish I got to play him. But this year I definitely will. Hopefully I will. So, but he's, he's really quick for a quarterback. Joseph, I, we're going to ask a few things about Justin now. But I got I to gotta ask, like, when you saw that video that Justin posted recently on his social media, or maybe his trainer did, and he retweeted it, where he's running on the treadmill, right? Like, what goes through your mind when you see that dude run like that? Is it just – does that just blow your mind, or is that, dude, I see that every day in practice? Um, it's a little bit of both. Like, it's Justin. Justin, he's a freak athlete. Sometimes I think he's not even human. But, yeah, he's a freak athlete. But I see it every day. So, now I'm used to it. 20 miles per hour is nothing to him. He could probably hit higher. To be honest, I think he hit 22. If he's, if he's really motivated and 100%, we definitely hit 22. I know he can. I think for the longest time we've been talking, you've referred to Justin as an older brother type, and that's kind of weird considering that you guys are in the same grade and in the same recruiting class, but Justin could actually, you know, I don't know if folks know this, you could actually be a 2025 uh, prospect, I guess, going by your age, easily by your age, but like, What's that relationship like besides he's a couple years older than you or at least a year older than you that makes you think that um, he feels like an older brother, that relationship there? That relationship is really good, you know. Um, I've learned a lot from Justin, the side of football, you know, just how to be a great person. Um, he's helped me really in my face. And overall, Justin is just a great human being to be around. A very fun guy, funny, off the field. But when it's on the field, it's serious, you know, game time. And that's the type of guy that I like to be around. Yeah. Justin, let's talk about your, your, your country. I believe you moved to uh, your homeland. I believe you moved to America when you were like eight years old, seven years old. Do I have that right? Yeah, I was eight. And you moved from Nigeria to Maryland, right? And then from Maryland to Texas. Is that is that right? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. So if you had to, I don't know, if you had to cook up a Nigerian meal, the ultimate five-star Nigerian meal for, you know, I don't know, you're at Athens, you know, your freshman year, and you're, you, you know, you guys have to cook at Bones, and they get those plates out or whatever. But, like, 
if they had all the ingredients, they had all the groceries, what would you put together as the ultimate Nigerian meal? Or maybe, maybe that's a meal you might cook for Williams Winery maybe one day, um, trying to get him <clears throat> to choose Georgia. But what, what, what are your go-tos? What are the foods that I'm sure you probably might say oxtail, but like what are the, what are the go-to foods of Nigerian cuisine you want folks to know about? Jollof rice and chicken or jollof rice and steak. Personally, I like jollof rice and steak. But jollof rice and chicken is definitely a go-to. Wow, wow! Mm-hmm. Um, and is that did you did you eat a lot of that along with the protein shakes to to put on that weight and maintain speed? How much of that was a part of your diet when you were trying to add weight? Yeah, that's all, that's all I ate. I mostly ate rice and um, pasta. I, I literally had jollof rice yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I eat it a lot. Huh? I have it tomorrow. How many of your meals do you make yourself? You're you sound like you're a pretty pretty at least a four star five star cook there. How much do you cook for yourself? Um, shoot, it depends really. If I don't want to eat what's in the fridge and like I'm not tired, I'll just make something. You know, I'll just be creative. I can cook for some reason. My mom doesn't believe I can cook, probably because she doesn't want to take her world's greatest cook title. You know, she doesn't <laughs> want to give it away, but. Yeah, if if I'm not tired, I'll definitely cook some up. Uh, what do you think, if Georgia were able to win the recruitment for Justin, what do you think uh, dog fans need to know about his game? Like if you had to put up, like you're, this is the NFL draft and you had to put up the scouting report from what you've seen on film and live and huddles and on the grass between the lines. What do people need to know about what makes uh, Justin Williams a five-star linebacker? All right, so really good football IQ. Um, very versatile. Sideline to sideline quickness. Um, very strong. Does, he doesn't look strong, but he's really strong. Like, it's crazy. And then hard hitter. Um, he doesn't care. He just hits hard. <laughs> and he has a good frame, too, for a middle linebacker. 6'3", 215. That's not bad. Um, jumps really hard. Super athletic. That's why I don't think of him as a human. You know? <laughs> On the football field, I don't think of him as a human. He's an animal. Yeah. Wow. He's like a ninja linebacker or something like that, like the Terminator or something? Yeah. Someone like a type. If he was an animal... Justin would probably be a panther <laughs> or a jaguar because of his athleticism. If Georgia does win that recruitment for Justin, what do you think would be the biggest reason why? Like, what do you think? You know, we're not going to obviously get you to open up the safe of secrets here, but, like, what do you think about Georgia has impressed him the most, do you think? Um, Georgia, they've definitely impressed him in the development um, um, status, you know, putting – people like the Kobe and Roquan in the league. And then, really, I think to win him over, I'm not sure. It just has, like, for me, it just had to feel like home, and that's the same thing for Justo. You know, he likes both Oregon and Georgia a lot, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, it's just who feels like home more? What do I feel more comfortable at? What do I have the greatest chance of going to the NFL at? at his position, and I think the obvious choice is Georgia, of course. So, yeah, 49-0. <laughs> I just wanted to remember that. I tell him that every day. Do you really? Do you, go, do you go 49-0? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, how much did he make you happy when he wore that uh, Georgia T-shirt on the last day of school of your junior year? Like, you told me he picked that up, picked that up, and he wore it the last day. Were you smiling that day, or did you did you lay off the 49-0 when he was wearing the Georgia shirt that day? <laughs> yeah, I was smiling a lot. Back then, I didn't even know where I wanted to go. But, you know, just me and him, we were both wearing the shirt. I had two, so I wore I wore it again. So we were both wearing the shirt, and it was just cool. Like, you know, we're in high school, we were both wearing the same shirt as successful athletes. So that was kind of cool. Joseph, I'm working on a story. I want your take on this. I'll probably put your quote in the story. You guys will see some live interview reporting here. Uh, there's something about Georgia in this class where they realize it's a big man's game and they realize championship teams are built from the inside out in terms of they prioritize the offensive and defensive lines first. And it's pretty amazing Georgia's doing that when they have the number one corner in the country committed, the number one uh, quarterback in the country committed. They have two elite 11 quarterbacks committed. But they have six guys ranked among the nation's top 200 prospects. You're one of those. You're actually the highest rated of those right now for the trenches. They have six guys committed for the trenches that are top 200 overall recruits or better. And the only other schools that have half as many are Bama and Texas with Texas A&M with three. And Bama just got its third tonight. What, yeah. do, you, what do you see about that, man? Like, do you, do you, do you notice that, that – Georgia football, the way they try to win is about getting big people and dominating the line of scrimmage first before all those guys that do all the interviews after games get their turn. Like, do you really sense that that's the way Georgia's built? Yeah, definitely. They show their big men a lot of love. And obviously, as a, as a big man, I obviously want to be there and receive some of that love. So, yeah, I like the way they prioritize that because games are won in the trenches. Because if the D-line can't create pressure on that quarterback, he's obviously going to make a great throw and win the game. But if we can, he's going to throw a pick at the cornerback, and that's a pick six, you know? <laughs> or he could give offense back the ball. And that's how, that's how games are won. That's how you win national championships, in my opinion. Joseph, I, yeah. Joseph didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, did you uh... – how big of a factor was Dylan Raiola in your recruitment? Like, how how much low-key was he on you, making sure that you were feeling like Georgia might be the move? Um, He was kind of a big factor. He was actually the one that picked out my commitment date. Um, yeah. At first, it was July 12th. Me and my mom picked that up. And he had hit me up one day, and he was like, I should commit July 6th. I was like, why? It's like because we have some guys coming in two days before you, and if you do that, you know, it's going to kind of blow up the internet. I was like, that's smart. So I talked to my mom about it. She was like, you know, just do whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah. How much were you celebrating July 5th, July 6th, July 7th, and July 8th? For a while there, there might have been a July 4th, but how much were you celebrating that boom, 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 post-fireworks, fireworks there? It was good. It was really – I was celebrating a lot, you know because it just goes to show how good of a job the coaching stuff is done with recruiting, especially in the trenches. Yeah. Joseph, uh, only got a few more. I'm trying to move some fan questions in here as well. I've seen a couple that want to know um, – I'm going to combine some questions. They want to know who else you're recruiting to join the G besides Justin. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of tweak that question a little bit by saying, uh, just Joseph, I'm going to give you three wishes and those three wishes can, can go turn into commitments, remaining commitments for the Georgia 2024 class. Like which three guys out there do you want to see become dogs the most? Obviously Justin. And then I want to see Williams on the team. And, um, I feel like after that, that's it. That's it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure some Georgia. Have, fans. What about Mr. Bolden at Buford High School? Would you like to see him become a dog? Oh yeah, well? KJ. Bro, I don't know why. Like every time, every time I like see a post about him, I always think he's already committed. I don't know why I do that. I always forget about him. But yeah, KJ too. Yeah, he and he's athletic as heck. Joseph, here's a fan question. They want to know, dogs, <clears throat> dog fan for life. B wants to know, what are your plans for early enrollment? What are you going to do there? Um, obviously, when I get there, I'm going to immediately start training my body to be able to handle college ball, improve my speed a ton, and get stronger, and then learn the playbook. I'm I'm going to start off with learning the playbook first because I want to start on a play as soon as possible. So yeah. I think one of my first times I asked you, I was on the phone with you, Joseph. Joseph, you gave a really great answer, really detailed answer, and it was about your dream. And I don't know if I've ever quite heard an athlete articulate it so detailed as you did, but the final thing you said after you went through your, your high school and you went through your college is you said, I've got to have that gold jacket one day. And for folks that are just watching our feed, watching our channel tonight, and they, they don't know what a gold jacket means, that means – to become a pro football hall of famer. Like you've got tunnel vision on that already. Like where does that come from? And what would that mean? It seems like you're putting in the work every day on the path, not to be great on Saturdays, but also legendary on Sundays. Yeah. Where that comes from is just my need to be the best. You know, I want to be the best D lineman in class. So I have a lot of work to do. Obviously, I have to pop off the season because, if I'm being honest, I, I was late into this recruitment thingy. So, yeah, I want to be number one on everything. And then, really, it's just it's just my need to be the best, to be number one. That's why I want that jacket. Mm. Joseph, um, let me see. Uh, one of the things, uh, this is a question from Brandon Lesko. Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of the things I wrote a recent story about you know, there had been some questions in the media about the culture at Georgia. And I went to the, to the to the parents of current commitments and I asked them their view of the culture at Georgia. And I must have talked to seven, eight, nine parents, seven, eight, nine commitments were representative. And they're all like, it's what my son needs. It's I feel completely safe sending him there. What's your view of the culture at Georgia when you see those headlines? Like what goes through your mind? Um, and trying to compare the headlines to what you know for a fact is it, it is like in Athens. I ignore those headlines, you know, because they don't really matter to me because the culture at Georgia, you know, obviously they want to be the best, they want to dominate. So the first thing is win. And then the second thing is their connection that they all have with each other, the connection between the players, the staff, the coaches, and then the fans. That's what I really love about that place. <clears throat> yeah, and then 
all those other stuff, I try not to dwell on it. You know, it really doesn't matter to me. So. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well said. All uh, those people, all those people, they're great people. And human beings make mistakes. So forgive and forget, really. Uh, Travis McCullough, you getting a lot of great comments. Uh, just Joseph, a lot of folks are saying, like, very mature for a 16-year-old. Uh, Travis McCullough says, JJA, looking past the finish line. I love it. Uh, Francisco Hurtado says he wants to get on the field and be heard. I can't wait to see his passion and energy. Uh, Joel Moody has a question. What weight are the coaches at Georgia wanting you to be at for your playing weight? Have they talked to you about it? Yeah, 270, 275. Mm-hmm. So basically where I'm at. So when I get there, probably going to you know shed a little bit of fat and put on more muscle. So, yeah. Joseph gave me a great story because he's in a class <clears throat> to potentially add Williams Winery, another young man of, with a Nigerian, Nigerian heritage. He's already got Agboko, uh, another guy on the defensive line, already committed to him in Athens. And you and I were talking one night, I think it was maybe before your commitment, and you were saying, wouldn't it be awesome to, to look up in the stands and see Nigerian flags at a Georgia game? What would that would that just really be the ultimate for you to to see not only your home country represented but have it mixed in with red and black uh, during your college career? Yeah, that would be amazing. Like, <clears throat> I imagine myself home just playing, and then you know, I just look up like that's just some extra motivation to put my country on the map. You know, put my people on the map, my tribe because you know my tribe is well known. So. That's really what I'm doing. That's just extra motivation to keep on going and be consistent with my training and my playing style mm. and just keep on being a student of the game. Yeah. One message for you guys. Um, as you guys are watching the show, you can have the chance to follow uh, Joseph Jonah John Ye on there. One of the things he's told me, and I've written it in his stories, is he considers his connection to the fan base integral. He, he'll interact with you. He's not shy. Um, he loves getting to know the fans, and you even have a different way of looking at that. Um, you look at it as those are your boosters, those are your backers. Like, what what kind of relationship do you hope to have with the fan base at the University of Georgia? Um, I want the relationship to be really good. I don't really like calling them fans. I call them supporters, you know. Um, and I always text everybody back. I remember – um, right after I committed, the first thing I went to go do was just go on my Instagram and my Twitter and just reply to all the congratulations. And it took a while, it took what, three days, <laughs> but I, I did it. You know, it's cool, like just meeting new people. And, um, you know, little kids, like they're always um, texting me on Twitter asking me how to get better. And it just, it's, it's inspiring to be able to read those texts and then answer them, try to help them and see them grow, inspire them. That's why I love doing what I do. It's fun. Joseph, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this thought here from William A. Camacho. And he, everybody knows the original Nigerian nightmare was Christian Okoye. He was the running back for the Chiefs yeah. that was like 6'2", 260. Ran for, he, was an, he was a rookie of the year, but he ran for like, 1,200, 1,300 yards sometimes, and he had like four or five speed. But you've picked up and you're starting to use the name Nigerian Nightmare. So what is the 2023 or 2024 or 2025 remake of the Nigerian Nightmare going to look like? Like for you, 
What are you going to have to play like in Athens for you to earn that nickname? To be able to um, be called the Nigerian Nightmare, you just have to be an absolute unit and a beast, really, in everything you do, um, especially in athletics. So basically all I have to do is just pop off, give it my all every single time during games, at practice, film study. Um, when I'm on my rest days, I have to give it a hundred, you know. You just have to be a beast, an animal. That's that's what you have to do to be called a Nigerian Nightmare. <laughs> Joseph, the fans are having fun with this. This one guy, David Hodge, uh, says he's 16 with about 19 question marks. I just turned 68, and Joseph is way more mature than me. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Michael Ward has a question. He, he wants to know, what NFL player do you pattern your game after? He said your drive reminds him of Ray Lewis. Ooh, Ray Lewis? I've never been called that one before. But I pattern my game off of Joseph Osai. Mm. He played at Oak Ridge, too. He graduated from Texas. Now he plays for the Bengals. I love watching that guy. Um... And then Reggie White, I, I feel like I get my like technique and speed, my speed rush from Joseph Osai, and then most of my power moves, I get it from Reggie White. Mm. I, I, I study those guys' films. And then a little bit of, of Aaron Donald, just a little bit, a little, a little simple. Joseph, I, I've heard your, your uh, some, I've seen some of your interviews lately. But like one of the things I think is intriguing is that your your junior film. You're not really proud of it, even though it's all American film. Like, how much better have you gotten from that dude? Can you already feel it that you're a couple clicks better than that dude that played last fall? Yeah, I I, I don't like watching my film because like I just feel like it sucks. <laughs> but like if I was if I was to meet my past self now, yeah. as I am right now, I'd definitely bully myself. Because I'm I'm way better. Like I'm faster. I'm stronger. My technique is three million times better than what it was. Like I watch my stuff and I just criticize myself. Like that's not where my hand placement is supposed to be. My eyes are not in the right place. My toes aren't gonna. I didn't even flip my hips. That's 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 what I think about when I watch my film. But I'm a hundred times better. And I I just can't wait for people to watch it. And these recruiting guys to watch you. Mm, awesome. Joseph, we've kept you along, but we sure certainly appreciate it. The only thing, I knew it would be an excellent interview. The only regret I have is folks don't get to see your arm length, that 84-inch wingspan. I'm sure maybe you got a Georgia shirt picked out or some Georgia gear to wear. You have the wristbands probably on your arms right now. and they don't, they just don't I'm get, wearing all of that. <laughs> see, they just don't have that. They, they don't get the visual, but like I can tell you what, one of the things about this young man is full of energy, great amazing beaming smile you can tell you can read his emotions on his face there's probably not a ingenuine bone in his body uh tell you what everybody on the feeds just just give everybody a big attaboy uh, thank joseph for his time if you like the interview uh tell him about it later if you enjoyed it enjoy getting a little bit know a little bit more about his personality that's what we try to do here on before the hedges but hey joseph from uh, from everybody here at dog nation man we thank you so much for your time all we're trying to do is uh, make sure people get to know you for more than the fact that you're the number nine, number 37 player in the country, and you're going to make a lot of big plays for the dogs. Uh, jo Joseph, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate you spending some time with us, and you have yourself a great night, man. Thank you. You too. Y'all too. <laughs>
Be well, buddy. We'll take it easy. All right, guys. That was Joseph, Jonah, and Johnny. We what we're gonna do is we're gonna get it done. We got technical issues. We're gonna get it done. We're gonna you're gonna talk to Joseph and Johnny. And I tell you, that was an impressive interview. I think when we look back on that, there's some great ones. You got Javon Bullard over the years, Christian Miller over the years, Jared Wilson over the years, Nolan Smith over the years, Richard LeCount over the years. You can tell the way that guy's wired to just be 16 years old, he's going to be very very successful. Uh, that was the first thing of our Big Five, and that was probably the biggest ever Big Five. We had a live interview with a recent Georgia commitment right there. Pretty cool how you learned a lot of things there, how Dylan Riola picked out his commitment date. I don't know if the whole world knew that or not yet. Uh, and you got his thoughts on Justin. You got his thoughts on why he would potentially choose Georgia. Uh, I, I like that comment about 49 to nothing. So, uh, Certainly, guys, appreciate you hanging out. If you guys are catching us on the podcast, we appreciate you guys as well. You got to take in a lot of Joseph Jonah Ajanye. He wants to wear number 99 in Athens, and I can't think of a better young man uh, to do it, uh, to wear that special number 99 in Athens than one Joseph Jonah Ajanye. So, guys, that was the first one. Let's move on. We had a big interview in our show, lengthy interview in our show. Let's move on to our second thing in our Dog Nation uh, Big Five to start off uh, to keep going with before the hedges. And I think one of the things we got to talk about is what's Georgia done since the last time we had before the hedges. We didn't have a 4th of July uh, episode on before the hedges because number one, I was traveling, but number two, we knew that we would go live that week with a lot of other big booms for Georgia in the recruiting class. And since our last show, guys, Here's a graphic. Uh, Got to thank Miss Kaylee Mansell for all her work right here. She does for us to make Before the Hedges look so aesthetically pleasing and not just a host talking about all things Georgia recruiting, dripping some intel. This is a commitment spree, guys, and this is what has happened since our last show. June 30th, Michael Uni, uh, everybody get that right, number nine offensive tackle, number 149 overall. Uh, he became the sixth offensive lineman in the class, at least as far as uh, silent commitments go. He's goes. He's out of Texas. He's one of uh, Georgia's two players in this class that have a Samoan or a uh, Polynesian descent. That hasn't happened in quite some time. Daniel Calhoun. That was the top-rated offensive lineman in the state of Georgia. Daniel Calhoun told me that he knew he was going to be a Georgia Bulldog after Georgia went back to back and won the back-to-back national championship about against TCU. He knew he had to be a part of more of that. He wanted to be part of moments like that. His father, actually, Vincent Calhoun, told me that he thought Georgia was the team to beat when Georgia became Daniel Calhoun's first offer uh, heading into his uh, freshman year at Centennial. Joseph Jonah Johnny, you guys know all about that dude. Hopefully you can pass a test right now on all things JJA. Uh, Nair Daniels at six foot eight, three seventy, might have the best feet of all the offensive linemen in the class, except for maybe Marquez Easley right there as well. Marquez Easley had been a big, big easy, had been a silent commitment as well for some time as well. Number twenty-two offensive tackle, number two eighty-five overall. That's what Georgia has done. Stocking. Look at that big men. That's how you win football games. Big guys right there, big dudes. That's how Georgia has really transformed its class in terms of prioritizing the lines of scrimmage um, since with elite talent since uh, our last show. Second thing we're going to talk about, or third thing we're going to talk about, is I wrote something recently about on dognation.com about what's next, what kind of meat is left on the bone for the Georgia 2024 recruiting class. 
Um, and one of the things we started off with in there is everybody knows the story of Hercules. I think you do. Greek, Greek mythology. Work with me here, folks. Athens is in Greece. Athens, get this. Well, I want you to look at this. this is one of the things I wrote about. It's called the 12 Labors of Kirby Smart. These are the major wins for the 2024 class so far. So this is almost a look what Georgia's already done already. They have the commitment from the nation's number one cornerback. Huge check right there. Um, Georgia hasn't done that since Keeley Ringo in the 2020 class. They've built the nation's top-ranked recruiting class, trying to wrestle that uh, title away from Alabama and those Crimson Tide. They've also earned the commitment of the nation's number one overall prospect, Dylan Raiola, the quarterback out of Arizona, now out of Buford, uh, Georgia. They've earned the commitment from the nation's number one QB, also Dylan Raiola. They've earned the commitment from a pair of Elite 11 QBs, also Dylan Raiola and Ryan Puglisi. Those will be the first Elite 11 QBs in the program since Brock Vandegrift in the 2021 recruiting class. Now, of course, Gunnar Stockton was, would have been an Elite 11 QB, but he didn't want to participate in those things. He was so focused on Raven County football, and that's exactly the type of thing that uh, Gunnar Stockton would do. Georgia has also earned the commitment from six offensive linemen that are at least six feet five inches. I think Malachi Tolliver uh, out, of, uh, out of Cartersville High School is the um, little man, and I say that with all the tongue-in-cheek in the world, the little man of the class. He's six foot five and a half and 335. They have also earned the commitments, and I teased this earlier, from two players of Polynesian or American Samoan descent. That's the first time since 1998. Now, you guys are going to impress me on the feed. If you knew the answer to this trivia question and you didn't read it in my story uh, about a week or so ago when Michael Uni uh, committed to the Dogs. But everybody remembers Kamika, Mil Kamika Mitchell way back in 1998. He was a linebacker out of the state of Florida, uh, Polynesian descent. He actually spent about a year in Athens, decided that Georgia had way better linebackers for him to be able to play right away. And he transferred to South Florida, went on to play in the NFL. But Dylan Raiola and now Michael Uni are the two players we talk about a polynesian pipeline for a lot of years on this program those are two players of polynesian or american samoa descent that are on the roster that will be heading to athens for the first time since 1998 everybody if you want a quick backstory tuataga vailoa was a polynesian player that came from hawaii to alabama and that opened up the pipeline for uh Alabama to start getting great football players of Polynesian descent. And also one of the two uh, right here, they've also earned commitments from two players of Nigerian descent for Trey Scott's defensive line room. That's um, Nemandi uh, Okboko, and then it's also Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Look for them there. Georgia, I think, is very much in the mix for williams Winery as well. Another player out of Nigerian descent. Wouldn't that be something, not only Georgia getting the number one defensive lineman in the country, but they would also get three players for their defensive line that all hailed or, or all has family background to the tribes of Nigeria. I think that's an amazing story. Uh, another win. These, those last two bullet points there, are checks there, uh, make dog fans want to wear sunglasses. They think the future is so bright right now about Georgia football recruiting. But also it shows a lot of things about the culture that's happening in Athens as well. So you're like, all right, Jeff, that's a lot. So number four thing on our big, on our big five is what's left on the bone? What's the meat left on the bone for the Georgia recruiting class? Well, they got a few more labors. I think Kirby's got six labors out of the 12. He's got a few more labors to finish off what I think would be the most impressive display of recruiting the University of Georgia football program, program has ever seen. What's left? Well, you got to earn the commitment from the nation's number one linebacker, Justin Williams. 
Also got to earn the commitment from the nation's number one defensive lineman, Williams Winery. We've mentioned his name a couple times on this program already. That's how big a factor he would be. They also have to still earn the commitment from the nation's number one safety. That's K.J. Bolden. Think about this for a second, guy. Number one corner in the country, number one quarterback in the country, and the dogs are going after with great shots at the number one linebacker, the number one DL, the number one safety, and number four. They also the number one running back in the country. That's Nate Frazier. That's on on3.com and rivals.com. That's your nation's number one running back. Georgia has a chance, folks, and this is where it really gets like uh, Mount Kilimanjaro-type crazy stuff right here. According to the latest uh, on-three industry ranking, and then it's also according to the 24-7 sports composite, if Georgia was to sign Winery, Riola, and Robinson, that would be three of the nation's top four overall prospects. When Georgia develops the way they do, when they win back-to-back national championships, they're the nation's number one recruiting class in 2024 and 2025. And for them to take three out of the nation's top four overall prospects, unheard of. That stuff just doesn't get done. And then also, if they do all that, if they only do half of this left, I think they would have the highest rated recruiting class according to the algorithm and the 24-7 sports composite ranking because that's been around since Kirby Smart was in Athens going back to the 2020-10 cycle, I believe. Um, That would be the highest rated recruiting class in Georgia football history. Amazing things happening in Athens. And also, talked about this earlier in our show where we were waiting to get Joseph Jonah Ajanye on the phone. You want to talk about amazing. Let's take a look at this right here. Two amazing top eights. The first of those, we just mentioned Nate Frazier as one of the the remaining labors for Dell McGee and Mike Bobo and Kirby Smart and the Georgia and Coach Coop and Logan Reed. We got to also throw shout outs to those people as well that Joseph Jonah Ajanye articulated so well about their worth to the program. This guy's at modern day high school. That's the high school that sent JT Daniels to college football. Um, He's the number 15 player in the class, according to On3. Number one running back. He just dropped the top eight. uh, And it was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys followed social media as well as I do or or, are on it as much as I have to do with my job. But Ryan Puglisi and Dylan Raiola both weighed in on that uh, that tweet right there. I think uh, Dylan Raiola said, uh, talk to me. Uh, And this is a guy, remember, you heard that story from Joseph Jonah Ajanya. He's picking commitment dates for some big-time prospects in this class. Um, that's a big top eight for the top running back prospect in 2024. We got another top eight here that dropped recently, and this is from Julian Juju Lewis, 2026 quarterback. I think he will be the number one overall prospect in 2026. That's an interesting top eight. And guys, according to my information, I feel like his eventual choice will be one of those eight schools. I don't think there'll be a lot of deviation. I think Juju might make his decision as early as perhaps by this time next year, he will already be committed to his school. You see Alabama there, Georgia, Oregon, Southern Cal, Ohio State, LSU, uh, Florida State, and Texas A&M. I think amongst that group, there's probably three or four schools if you had to if you had to say, Jeff, where do you think Juju will end up? I think that's probably three or four schools in that mix that I can see him at right there. Julian Juju Lewis, probably one of the most accurate, sharpest, uh, great decision maker. Knows where to go with the ball before he lets it go. Thinking one and a half clicks ahead, one and a half seconds ahead with all of his reads. He knows what to do with the football. That guy is going to have a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields plus type recruitment. I don't know if you guys saw a story recently by ESPN.com. They had Julian Juju Lewis as the top overall prospect in the country, not even 2024, 2025, or 2026. That's the whole shoot match. All the high school football players in the country, Julian Juju Lewis, 
They rated him number one. Not going to argue too much with that list, uh, especially considering what he did in Georgia big boy football. They had Dylan Riola at number four. I would imagine uh, the best comparison about those two quarterbacks would be when you see what Dylan Riola can do in the state of Georgia. The reason why I'm really high on that estimation or that evaluation there for Juju Lewis is exactly what I said is what Juju did as a freshman in the, uh, some of the toughest football in the country, Georgia Class 7A for Carrollton High School a year ago. Guys, that is your big five. Now it's time for us to steam right along to our show, trying to make sure we keep this show right around um, right around one hour. Time to take a look at the Georgia top targets, their weekly slides. Um, let's go to the class breakdown right now. That's the one where uh, we break down all the commits in the position. And I got to give credit to Miss Mansell here. She's had to do some trickeration and to do some transforming with her list right here, especially over the last – it's time since our last show. Look how big the offensive line groups got right there. Three offensive tackles. I see the primary position for three of those young men. Marcus Harrison also recently got a, an on-three industry ranking bump up to four stars. You guys can call that the bulldog bump if they want to. But three guys that I think would be primarily offensive tackles and three guys in the class that I think could play a guard or a tackle. I think Michael Uni is also a left tackle. Easy if he wants to be in college football. You see the three receivers, you see the two running backs, you see the two quarterbacks. That's the current Georgia class breakdown on offense. Switching it over, let's look at that special teams group with the nation's number one punter, Drew Miller. The guy is killing punts on social media. He probably needs to be written up for abuse to footballs, as many of those things he's sending into orbit with five-second hang, hang times five-plus hang times, and also 50-yard punts. He is going to be a dangerous, deadly man at punter for the University of Georgia. We called this many moons ago when Georgia offered the punter. We said, folks, you know what that means? That means Brett Thorson's already good enough to go to the NFL. He's already old enough to go to the NFL and look for him to move to the NFL considering he spent all that time in Australia and he arrived at Georgia when he was already 21 years old. Uh, that's your special teams breakdown. I don't think we'll ever see a kicker there after – uh, Mr. Peyton Woodring is killing it right now so far in his acclamation to Georgia. And then look at the class breakdown here. We had to get really creative with DLs because we've got Joseph Jonia, Nemande Ogboko. you got Justin Green, Jordan Thomas, Quintavious Johnson Jr. Lots of beef there on the defensive line. There's the linebacker Demarcus Riddick. Big name, big day for him is coming July 26th when he makes his final decision uh, between Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn. I think that's what it, everybody knows that to be. You got two cornerbacks committed there. You got a DB in Jalen Hayward committed, and you have a primary safety there in Peyton Woodyard. Two five stars on that group, four six stars on that group. And now, guys, you're going to say, goodness gracious, you're going to give me one of those. Jeff, what happened to the top targets list? We go all the way down to seven. Take a look at this right here. Georgia's new top targets, excuse me, eight. I had to add Chris Cole up in there. But really, guys, I think these are the top remaining targets for Georgia. And really, you look at Justin Williams, he's a major target. And I think if uh, what happens with uh, Demarcus Riddick would indicate whether Georgia adds a guy like Christopher Jones to the class, uh, what happens with Williams Winery would be indicative of what happens with Georgia adding an L.J. McCrane, L.J. McCray out of Daytona Beach. That's going to be a Georgia-Florida battle there. Aiden Breland sounds, feels to me like it is a Georgia-Oregon battle there. Uh, Justin Williams is a Georgia-Oregon battle. K.J. Bolden is a Georgia-Ohio State. Maybe some Alabama battle in there as well. Williams-Winery, that's a Georgia-Oklahoma battle. 
I believe there. Nathan Frazier, I think that's going to be a Georgia-Alabama battle. Christopher Jones, that's a Georgia-Florida battle there. I, I believe that's what it's turning out to be. Chris Cole also recently dropped his top eight. I think those are the most likely remaining targets for Georgia in 2024. And then just off the list, this one also went on slim fast as well. This also got on a real um, – a real liquid diet as well. Take a look at this right here. No carbs, no keto, no sugar right there. I think there's really four names aside from that list. Jordan Ross, I believe Florida and Tennessee are the schools to look at there. Jeremiah Smith, that will be that candle in the window that Georgia fans will keep, uh, keep burning for the chances of maybe Brian Hartline takes another job. Maybe he goes to the NFL. Maybe he gets a head coaching job. Uh, the five-star wide receiver is the one wide receiver target I think Georgia is still going to invest a lot of recruiting time and energy in. Cam McKell is a great defender, defensive back, offensive prospect out of Statesboro, Georgia. DeAndre Robinson is another defensive lineman uh, out of the state of uh, Florida as well, the Orlando area at Jones High School. Guys, that's it. I think we have reached the point. It is incredible. Yeah, I, we got we got snapshot to go to too. But uh, one of the one of the points I was going to make there when I said guys, that's it is really I think those are the names, the final names to know. And guys, it is July the thirteenth here today, and I think Georgia's recruiting class is already at twenty six. Guys, normally it's around 12, 13, 14 names at this time of year. Uh, Georgia's already at twenty six commitments, and I think there's only potentially five, six more names that could be added to this Georgia class. That's how far ahead Kirby Smart and all his uh, team in, in Athens is working with this year's recruiting class, working far ahead, uh, doing an incredible job. Not only this could be the best class ever for Georgia, but it's as, as quickly as this class could get to the finish line. I expect Justin Williams to make his decision um, within the next two to three weeks. The same thing for Christopher Jones, uh, Williams, Maneri. I don't think he's going to go much longer. K.J. Bolden has a decision that will that is stated to go on August the 5th right now, I believe. And then Nate Frazier wants to take his decision into the season. But it's crazy to think, as well as Georgia's recruiting, and it could almost be all wrapped up, except for maybe one or two names uh, by the time the first football game of the season rolls around. Definitely speed quality, quantity. Georgia's checking all the boxes there. And you want to know how much they're checking the boxes? Well, here's a really cool graphic. They've got 18 commitments in the SEC footprint, eight commits beyond the SEC footprint, 26 commitments, the number one class in the country nationally, 17 out of state, nine in state. Of course, that gets skewed a little bit because we got to count Riola now in Buford and as a state of Georgia prospect because that's where he's living. That's where his family has made the bona fide move to. They have uh, two offensive players among Georgia's five highest-rated commitments. They have four offensive players among Georgia's ten highest-rated commitments. That is your breakdown. Three five-stars right now. Potentially, I think the number would be six to focus on in terms of the number of five-stars I think Georgia will eventually sign. If you want to you get crazy, look at these stats. These are a big boy, incredible, incredible stat right here, Mr. Incredible Stats right here. There are – Georgia has 17 top 150 commitments right now. That's over 10% of the top 150 prospects in the country. Look how it's symmetrical. It's bounced, bounced out offense and defense. They have 11 top 100 commits. That's also over 10%. Folks, there's 132 other schools in, in, the, in the NCAA Power 5 that are supposed to get that as well. That's how crazy, that's how crazy this, um, this class is put together. And, guys, that is your 2024 recruiting snapshot we got out of order but i know uh kaylee behind the glass was able to keep us back on track um you guys got any questions um one of the things we like to do is we like to finish our shows each and every week with a live question and answer 
I uh, hope you guys enjoy the live shows. hope you guys enjoy the program. If you've liked the information we're putting down every each and every week on Before the Hedges, um, certainly consider giving it a like. Certainly consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. And also certainly consider going Krogering and cleaning up with your groceries up and down those aisles at Kroger. We're so thankful for their longtime partnership here with Dog Nation and being a part of our program. Uh, you guys got a question? I think I'm going to go to the Dog Nation homepage first. Um, see what you guys have got popping right there. Um, that's right. Uh, CK Emmett fan. Yeah, I think, I think what you're seeing there is I think the top remaining target at wide receiver would be Jeremiah Smith. I don't think Jeremiah Smith would be leaving Ohio State unless something happens. Uh, the offensive line, Brandon Baker uh, from California. He has not made his decision. I think Georgia's full on the offensive line, and they're quite happy with that as well. I also don't think uh, Emmett Fan that uh, the dogs are going to be in there uh, for Ryan Wingo as well. Uh, Emmett Fan has a funny comment. He says, I think Georgia's been slipping on the trail. It's been a couple of days now since a commitment. Uh, huh. uh, as much beef as Georgia has on the offensive line, they should get an NIL deal with uh, Chick-fil-A. Pretty good there, man. That's some good stuff there from the Dog Nation comments. Um, I don't see Mike Matthews right now at Master MJ911. I don't see Mike Matthews as a really bona fide uh, target right now for the Georgia class. Uh, same thing with Ryan Wingo. I'm trying to catch a lot of questions right now. You guys got a question. I'm actually on our YouTube page right now. Uh, Thomas T-Bone says, yeah, still got six more things to do, Kirby. Uh, you can do it. Um, what did you guys think about that Joseph Jonah Johnye interview? What stood out to you guys? What really struck you guys is really impressive about that young man. Foster Moss has a comment that uh, uh, I like this. OG Stoney Jackson, he has Great Wall of Georgia and the Nigerian Trench Mob. And then Foster Moss says, they make these recruits in labs? The shortest guy is 6'5". Uh, Thomas T-Bone, I showed you what's coming next uh, for everybody as well. Hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the program, let me hop over to um, hop on over to Facebook and see if I can catch a couple questions there. I see, like a lot of people loved on Facebook the uh, chat there with uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye, the live interview we had on Before the Hedges. Um, let me see. Uh, I want to make sure we catch um, everything here on the program. Uh, Robert Maloney had a question. Who's the other player of Polynesian descent in this class aside from Uni? That's Dylan Riola, uh, Robert. Uh, his family, his, his father's family is uh, of Polynesian descent. And actually, uh, his dad, Dominic Riola, told me that um, he was actually the first Polynesian-American, first player of Polynesian descent for the University of Nebraska a generation ago. Uh, Michael Ward, the Georgia recruiting at wide receiver looks pretty good. I think you got Nikar, longtime commitment Nikar. He's a top 50 overall prospect. Consider, you continue to see Nitro Showtime Tuggle. His rankings are now all the way up to number 101 overall on the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, Wayne Foland, I uh, believe, I said this earlier in the show, I don't mind repeating it at all because I know people pop in and pop out. I think Georgia's going to wind up with around 30 or 31 guys in this class. It's going to depend on how many guys have gangbuster juggernaut seasons this fall and that would declare entry to the NFL draft. I think that's what's really important. Some guys are a really big season away from 
going very high in the NFL draft because in some positions it really just takes one when you get developed and practice every day like um, Georgia does. Uh, William A. Camacho, I answered your question. Uh, yeah, Joel Moody, that's what I said. I think the number to kind of center on there is Georgia might end up with around five or six five-stars. One of those guys might be a guy that gets reevaluated and moved up into a five-star status. Uh, Barcelona King has July 26th as his birthday. Uh, Michael Ward, I agree with you. Carrollton versus Buford, Riola versus Lewis. That game would be pay-per-view. I think Georgia Public Broadcasting would have that one in the playoffs, man. They'd certainly take that one. And, folks, that's a guy that – that's a game that would belong on ESPN2 or ESPNU. Um, and I guess they could take the national feed of that as well. Guys, that has been a show. We brought a live interview uh, from uh, Dog Nation on Dog Nation with Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Hey, man, if you guys interact with him on social media, tell him you heard about him, you enjoyed his, his chat here on Before the Hedges. We try to bring you everything we can on the players that are on their way to the University of Georgia. Guys, it's been a show. Got a quick programming note. It's the month of July. This is the month when I got – when a guy like me tries to take his vacation, we will not have a Before the Hedges uh, sh- before the hedges show next week. So mark your calendars or don't mark your calendars for, for Before the Hedges next week. I will be on holiday before I gear back up for the 2023 season and also the 2023 high school season. I will be missing you guys next week from an uh, from a undisclosed location. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the program. If you liked anything in the program, um, like it on your comment stream, subscribe to the feed or whatever. Also, big thanks to everybody for joining us in on another Wednesday night here before the hedge is brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jeff Sintel. That has been your intel. I love everybody out there. Uh, you guys have yourself a great rest of the week, a great weekend, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Thanks for hanging out tonight, everybody. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle. 